We've said already that the, the Masechta deals with, with speech, the power of speech and articulation, and, and it gives us a lot of insight and wisdom in understanding that. Um, it also deals with how to use speech to be able to create Kedusha. And we've talked about, about what that means and how one's able to elevate the, uh, the purposing of an object or of a person in such a way that its restricted focus on a higher purpose gives it Kedusha. And, uh, and, and what that means. In addition to that, we use Nadorim as a way of clarifying concepts and ideas in the Torah. So if we're looking at, at an idea in the Torah, we, we don't philosophize about it because philosophy is uh, on its own. If it's not based on, on Chazal, philosophy can, can lead you anywhere. Uh, the New Testament, Christianity, is a philosophy developed out of the Torah. Um, Islam is a philosophy developed out of the Torah. Uh, some will say communism and liberalism are philosophies developed out of the Torah. You can develop anything out of the Torah. It's, it's vague enough. Uh, one needs the, the learning and understanding of Chazal with the whole system of halakha from, in order to be able to extrapolate our ideas of, of, of concepts and, and philosophy from halakha. Halakha doesn't follow philosophy. Philosophy follows halakha. We've got to extract it out of, out of halakha. And nadorim is one of the areas and mechanisms that we use. When a person uses a term in a neder, what exactly does it mean? And by understanding those halachot, we can figure out the, and the, what, the, what the concept means, what the idea means. So if a person uses the word Jew in a, in a neder, who's included? person says, I, I make an edda that no Jew will get any benefit from, from my estate. Who's, he talk, who's included in that? That gives us definitions of who is a Jew. So we, so we use Nadorim in that way as well. And we have two very interesting Mishnahs here on Daflam and Aleph that, that we'll use. The one is, Konam noach. I won't give or receive any benefit from B'nai Noach. Now, B'nai Noach could mean a term, there's a group of people who call themselves B'nai Noach. They live in the central United States and various other parts of the world. They call themselves B'nai Noach, non-Jews who keep the Old Testament. Um, maybe that's what he means. Or does he mean all physiological descendants of Noach? In which that case, that means all of humanity. What do you mean when you say B'nai Noach? That, that, this helps us understand the term B'nai Noach. What does the word B'nai Noach mean? Where are you going to go in Shas to understand what the term B'nai Noach means? Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, Mutar be Yisrael That includes all non-Jews and excludes all Jews. That's what the term B'nai Noach means. Anybody who's a Jew is not a Ben Noach. But we are descended from Noach. Everybody's descended from Noach. So you see the term B'nai Noach is not one of descendancy. It's not one of, uh, of genealogy. The term B'nai Noach has a different meaning. Ask the Gemara of Yisrael, Michal B'nai Noach, but don't Jews also come from Noach genealogically? Why don't, we, why don't we interpret B'nai Noach? When a man makes a neder using the term B'nai Noach, why don't we interpret it genealogically? Answers the Gemara, an important principle. Here you see how the philosophy is learnt out of the halacha. Kivan de ikdash Avroham. Once Avrom was made Kodesh, and in the last few days we've been talking about what this idea is of being made Kodesh. 
The idea of being elevated to a higher purpose, that applies to people too. We saw it in the case of an Isha, in the case of Kiddushin, how that works and how that links to Nadorim and to Hekdesh. And here we've got another idea of Avrom Avinu being Ikdish. The Rebbeinu was Makdish Avrom Avinu. He set Avrom Avinu aside for a higher purpose, separating him from all other humans. That's what Hekdesh, so this, we're extending this idea of Kedusha and understanding what a Jew is. And therefore, Itzkru Ashmei, the descendants of Avrom, are called B'nai Avrom because we, as we saw with objects and with people that a neder, if it's a neder that, is, that emanates from the concept of Hekdesh, it changes the quality of the object. Or in the case of Kiddushin, it changes the quality of the, of the woman. She ceases to be one thing and she becomes a different thing. Not just halachic consequences. Uh, Rav Shul, you said after that, the show the other day the, that we see our Kiddushin is not just a transaction, it's not a contract. It's a change of status, but not a change of legal status, a change of human status. And when Avrom became Avrom, when the Rebbeinu was Makdish Avrom, he wasn't the same human being anymore. He was a human being with Kedusha. And the same as you can have two Sifrei Torah, one is written by an Apikoris or by, or by a non-Jewish person, and another is written by a Sefer, a Yorish mind. The two look the same, the two Sifrei Torah look the same. One you can throw in the garbage, and one has to go into the Oran Kodesh. They're different objects. They look the same, but they're qualitatively different. When Avrom, when the Rebbeinu was Makdish Avrom and set him aside for higher purpose, he became a different human being, like a Sefer Torah, becomes a different object. And therefore, Avrom's descendants are called B'nai Avrom. We're not B'nai Noach. It's a different lineage. We don't come from Noach. Our lineage starts with Avrom. It doesn't even start with Odom. Yes, physically it starts with Odom, but we're more than physical beings. Our spiritual lineage starts with Avram Avinu. The next Mishnah says, So what happens if a person now says, I'll have no benefit from anybody descended from Avram? Yeah, the opposite. Now, all Jews are included in that, and non-Jews are not included in that. Says the Gemara, that you have non-Jews who are descended from Avram, the Bnei Yishmael are descended from Avram. Why do we not interpret this genealogically? Answers the Gemara because the Pasuk says, when, when Hashem said to Avram, listen to sorrow. And when she says, get rid of Yishmael, don't worry that that's your, your, your legacy. Yishmael is not your legacy. Your legacy is only through Yitzchak. What about Esav? And this is fascinating. Esav is so fascinating because Esav and Yaakov have the same DNA. They're twins. They have almost identical DNA. And one is Jewish and one is not Jewish. So you see that all the nonsense of Jewish genes and, and Jews are superior because of their genes, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. There's no genetic difference. That's not what makes a Jew a Jew. Esau and Yaakov you let, let a, a, a geneticist study them both and they'll say there's hardly a difference. They can send their DNA to these DNA tests, Yaakov and Esau, and they'll come out as coming from exactly the same source. And yet, look at the difference between a Yaakov and a... How could it be any more different? It's got nothing to do with genes. They, we have a different capacity of inheritance. And, and the scientific world is beginning to understand that. And they talk about epigenetics, which isn't quite genetics, but there's something else which kind of manifests and can be inherited, but it's not visible in genes. There's a, an increasing recognition that we can inherit things that aren't visible in genes. There are other ways of inheriting, not just by by society and by environment. 
but actually to get from our parents, qualities to get from our parents, midas to get from our parents and, and, and further back. Hashem said, it's through Yitzchak, but not all of Yitzchak. It doesn't say Yitzchak is going to be your legacy and everything that comes from through part of Yitzchak. So it's not Yishmael and it's not all of Yitzchak. It's 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 part of Yitzchak through Yaakov. That will be the heritage of the of the Jewish people. And the um, uh, there's a, there's an interesting comment that I, I bring here. Rebav Rom ben Harambam. We have little bits of Rebav Ravr, the Rambam son, son Rebav Rom, and we have some of it on on Chumash. And here he says uh, that the the Zera Hayachid v'hamusugal b'shleimut haTorah v'chavod hanvoa. The only children you'll have of Rom who have the capacity. For, for totality of Torah observance. You need a certain character for that. Not everybody has it. The descendants of, of Yitzchak will have that. And, uh, and Reb Shimshon Rafael Hirsch says that, that, yes, there are physical ideas, physical qualities that Yishmael inherits and that Esav inherits, but not the spiritual qualities. And when you talk about a Ben, you're not just talking about somebody who has your physical DNA. We're talking about somebody who is a spiritual successor. And that's Yitzchak, and it's only part of Yitzchak. It's not everything. The Ran says, uh, also, Kivan Kadesh Avraham Avinu Ikru al Velo al Noach. Once there's Kedusha, Kedusha Avraham Avinu, once he's become Kodesh, then he becomes the origin and the source of our, of our culture and everything that we have. Um, have a look at the Rosh on the next page of the of the source sheets. sheets. Asubi Yisrael v'geirim nami bichlal zerav romnino says the Rosh. Another proof that this is not genetic. A geir is a descendant of Avrom. We even call the geir ben Avrom avinu ben Sorayimain. How do you do that? How do you call a geir up to the Torah ben Avrom avinu? You're not ben Avrom avinu. One says, this is not genealogy. This doesn't go by genes. Yiddishkeit doesn't go by genes. Yiddishkeit goes by something else that we're going to see today, in the few minutes that are left to us, what it goes by. Mm-hmm. Because he, in fact, started the nation of Geirim. That's what it means when it says Avram is the father of all the nations. It doesn't mean he's the father of the Goim. It means he's the father of any non-Jew who wants to become Jewish. Can, can, be, can be included in the genealogy, so to say, in the spiritual genealogy of Avraham Avinu. But to think of all these things, of it's the Jews because they've got the special gene or they have special intelligence, there's nothing. There's no genetic that's been proved. They've looked at it. You can study and study. There's nothing particularly qualitative about a Jewish gene that many other nations don't have. And we see in the United States today where the Asians are working as hard as the Jewish immigrants used to work. They're doing as well and as bright and as brilliant as the Jews used to be when they used to work hard. Uh, it's not about that. It's about something else. It's about our capacity for Torah, which is, which is different. And when we use that capacity, wow, the wisdom we have, the way of thinking that we have, but that comes from the way we learn Torah. And that enables us to look at the whole world in a different way and to see things that other people can't see, not because of a gene, but because of our connection to Torah through, through Avraham Avinu. And we have two important medrashim. The one medrash is in Parshas Vayetra, on this very posuk of, um, uh, of Kibi Yitzchaki Karelech Hazera, says the medrash, 
אומר רבי עזריה בשם רבי חתיה, ב-based trade, במי שהוא מודה בשני עולמות. ביצחק means it's the יצחק who has duality in his life. We'll see what בית עולמות means, two lives. אומר רבי יהודי ברבי שולם, כתיב זכרינית ולראות אשר יוסר מותו ומשפטי person by his mouth determines his genealogy, where you come from. בפית נתתי למי שמוציא מתוך פיו, there's a sign by the way people speak, you can know whether they're Jewish or not. כל מי שהוא מודה בבית עולמות, יקרא לך זרע. If there's a base, ביצחק, if it's יצחק with duality, then you know he's a, he's a Jewish person. כל מי שאינו מודה בשני עולמות, לא יקרא לך זרע. And if somebody doesn't agree with the idea of two worlds, then he's not your, your successor. What does that mean? Going back to Bereshit, right in the beginning, Lama nivrahu lam beveit, why does the Torah start with beit? Bereshit bara, the whole Torah, the story of creation, everything starts with a beit. Lo diach Hashem shnei olamim, to tell you that Hashem simultaneously created two worlds, not one. Ha'olam hazeh ve'olam haba. Tavar achev, lama beveit shu lashon bracha ve'lama lo ba'alif shu lashon arira. Furthermore, beiz is bracha and alif is cursing. What's the connection between those two things? And why is this so important? Beiz alomus doesn't mean to philosophically understand that there's a world to come. There are many, many faiths in the world, some of them totally idolatrous, that believe in some kind of life after death. That's not what it means, beiz alamot. Beiz alamot is to understand that here and now I'm living in two worlds. I live in, two, in a nested reality, that's what a Jew understands. That when I go to work, my, my success in my work is partially hishtadlut, it's partially natural, and it's partially dependent on our daven this morning. The way I interact with people is partially my own effort, it's partially what, I've, what Torah I've learned, what spirituality I'm able to project. It's partially my physical effort, it's partially my connection to the Rebbeinu Shalom. It's understanding, Sender, as we learned in the, in the Shulchan Aruch Shir the other day, that the physical world around here is not physical. And we talked about the fact that we know that, that matter is so small that if you took all the matter in the world and you put it together and took all the empty spaces out of it, it would be the size of a cricket ball or for Americans a baseball. That would be, that's how, that's how much matter there is in the world. There's very little matter. It's all energy. And you've got to be able to see the world that way. When you look at, at a chair, at a table, at a safer, to realize it's not the physical. That's not what it is. It's just a tiny little bit of physical substance. It's all energy. Where does energy come from? Every day is infusing energy into the world. And we're living in that world created by the Rebbeinu Shalom. And that's why our tefillah is so important. And our mitzvot are so important. And our limud Torah is so important. Because that's the way we... engage with that inner world and to understand that within ourselves we have an inner world and an outer world. We have a Rishus Hayachid and we have a Rishus Arabim. We have a soul and we have a body. And to live all the time with that duality, understanding and living with the fact that I'm working in two worlds simultaneously. I live in the duality of the physical and the spiritual and I integrate them in the way I live. That achtus, that understanding that Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, it all comes to one source. That's a Jew. And that were, that's the Be Yitzchak. Yitzchak who understands duality is your child. And any person who converts to Yiddishkeit because they understand duality and they want that duality that becomes one. It's not a duality that stays, stays two. It's a duality that integrates into one. And we see the, and we're able to live in the integrated whole of two realities that are engaged one with the other. 
That's why the Torah starts with a base, because that brings bracha. As we've said before, bracha comes from brecha, a reservoir of, of blessing. And we need to be able to plug into that reservoir. Bracha is spiritual, bracha is not physical. It translates into the physical. To be able to plug into the spiritual and translate into the physical, that's bracha, beis olamot, that's the two. And if you live only in one world, it's arur, it's a cursed world. It's a world that doesn't have meaning, that doesn't make sense, that doesn't have bracha. And that's not the Jewish world that we're talking about. That's what really defines the Jew. So when somebody says, makes a neder and he uses the word, words, b'nei avrom, I'm, I won't give benefit to the descendants of Avram. That does not include the descendants of Esav. It does include Gerim, because we, what we're looking at is somebody who attaches themselves to the legacy of Avram by living in the world of duality and integrating into the oneness of Yiddishkeit.